We're so happy you're joining us on our Brentwood Church podcast. To find out more about Brentwood, go to brentwoodchurch.org. During this episode, Pastor John shares a great message that we pray will lead you to new and deeper levels with Jesus Christ. So open up your Bible or Bible app and grab a notebook or simply listen along. feeling Woo! the comeback story the comeback story after that I want to fight somebody I just do I want to fight somebody I'm calling out Conor McGregor right now I'll be the next 40 year old to take you down no I'm kidding I'm kidding I'm kidding don't don't put that uh, on social media hey we start this series today and honestly we've been preparing for it for months we've been praying about it we've been preparing for it We've been ready for it because I believe it is what will usher in the comeback story, not just for you personally, but for this church and the church global. That's that's what I'm praying for. I'm praying that God will do a movement in us and through us that will ignite something in what is going on in the world right now. We love comeback stories, don't we? Whether it's in sports whether it's in movies and TV or entertainment. We love the stories, uh, uh, true life stories, the 30 for 30s. Uh, We love uh, literature, uh, comeback stories. We love political government, whether it's a person, whether it's a group of people, whether it's an entire nation. We love to see it when people come back from the brink, not just surviving, but thriving like they never have before. There's something in us that loves to see this. Now, me personally, I have witnessed two of the greatest comeback stories in sports, not just in my lifetime, but I would say in the last year. In the last year. This is just my opinion. You can totally disagree with me, but the North Carolina Tar Heels coming back in the NCAA tournament this past year after losing the whole thing the year before, comeback of the millennia for me right there. How about this? And I'm not even a New England Patriots fan. Yeah, but, okay, respect, respect. Listen, this past Super Bowl was absolutely incredible. Even if you are a hater of the New England Patriots, even if you are a Falcons fan, I mean, you have to just say, what I just witnessed is legendary. I mean, I'm I'm not kidding you. I have watched the highlights of that game at least 100 times. I've seen, and I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. I texted my friends who live in Atlanta, who are Falcons fans, at halftime in that game, and I said, congratulations, you know, great game. I went to bed. I went to bed at halftime. My son bursts through the door, wakes me up, and he says, they're coming back. And I go downstairs, and I witness absolute history. There's something in all of us that loves to see those stories. I love it. I love it in movies. You know, Rudy, come on, Rudy. All of the Rocky movies. I mean, it's the same formula, and and it gets me every time at the end. I want to run. I want to punch something. It's that. My favorite in literature has to be The Count of Monte Cristo. I love that story where the guy goes to the prison, he goes to the brink, and he comes back. I love those stories. I love them in my own life. I would say one of the greatest political comebacks 
in my lifetime happened in 1990 when Nelson Mandela was released from political prison. And what does he do to all of his political enemies and all those who put him in jail and oppressed him? He forgives them, runs for president, unites the whole country, and leads them into a new era. I love those stories. And so do you. There's something about it that inspires us. But here's what we're going to see in this series. We love, we love to watch comeback stories, right? But we hate to live them. You know what I'm saying? Like, we love to watch those stories. We love, like, oh, yeah, here's where, we, here's where the lady gets cancer, and then and she fights it, and then and she's almost going to die. And here's where, you know, the coma, and here's where the marriage is, you know, they, they separate. Like, we love to look back in retrospect and see how this group of people or this person overcame and rose above. But, man, when we get at rock bottom ourselves... When we find ourselves falling and hitting rock bottom, there's something in us that says, I don't think I'm going to get out of this. I, I, I don't think, I think the circumstances are too heavy. I think my choices were so foolish and so bad, there's no way that I could ever come back from this. We love to watch them, but we hate to live them. Interesting, interesting. Sports Illustrated, back in 2001, did a a story on the top 10 comeback stories according to their editors and according to their writers. And and I thought this was interesting. If you look on this list, can we show that? I mean, number 10 is Elvis Presley, okay? A big comeback, I guess, for Elvis Presley. Go-go boots, okay, I don't know about that. Uh, Japan and Germany in the 20th century. That was a comeback story. Let's give them that. Let's give them that. Uh, Number one in Sports Illustrated, Jesus Christ. Yeah, Sports Illustrated. 33 AD, defies critics and stuns the Romans with his resurrection. Sports Illustrated 2001, greatest comeback in all of history. And I have to agree with them. I have to agree with them. And really that is your comeback story if you believe and follow Jesus. It's my comeback story if you believe. His comeback story is your comeback story. And that is gonna be the imprint on this whole series because I believe that some of you need to come back. I really do. I think you've been running. I think you've been asleep. I think you've been in religion. I think you've been in fix yourself mode. I think you've been in numbing yourself mode. I think you've had a a root of bitterness, a root of criticism, a a root of hopelessness, a root of uh, of depression, a root of, of, of addiction. I could keep going. And somewhere, some way, somehow, you made a decision or the circumstances around you have plummeted you into almost rock bottom. And you go to church and you read the Bible and you pray, but you would say, there's something going on in my relationship with God right now. There's something going on in my relationship with his church. There's something going on in how I hear the Holy Spirit. And I need a comeback. I need to come back. I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you've believed and followed Jesus. I don't care how much you know about the Bible. I don't care how many degrees you have about studying the Bible. You need a comeback story. And I believe today is the day that you ignite that story. Now, here's what we're gonna see. We're gonna see that God is the God of comeback stories. He is the God of comeback stories. And and, and we're gonna see that through the life of a man named Jonah. We see this throughout the Bible. 
Story after story, man, woman, groups of people, God helps them turn a runaway story into a comeback story. But this series is gonna focus on the prophet Jonah in the Old Testament, who is a compelling but also a cautionary comeback story. And you're gonna find out why it's compelling and you and I are gonna find out why it's cautionary. We're gonna get to the end of his story and we're gonna go, oh, wow, what a comeback. But whoa, I don't want to waste my comeback. We're gonna see that at the very end because I think some of you have had some comebacks over your life, but you made it about you instead of making it about the God who helped you come back. Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's on right now. It's on, I told you, I'm ready. I'm ready for this, I'm ready for this. Jonah chapter one, turn there with me. We're gonna look at the story of Jonah. Now, if you're new to church and, or you don't believe and follow Jesus, first, I am so glad that you're here. You will not be lost in this series, I promise you. In fact, you probably already know the story of Jonah. It's the story of of the man who was swallowed by the whale. You may not even known that was in the Bible, but today you're gonna find out where that is and what that's all about because Jonah is going to show us something not just about ourselves, but about who God is, about who he is in his very nature. Because God wants to turn runaway stories into comeback stories. And that's what we're going to look at today in the life of this prophet named Jonah. Centuries before the birth of Christ, there was this prophet named Jonah. Let's jump in. Verse 1. The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. Now, right here at the beginning of Jonah's story, we see the matrix of a comeback story. We see the model, the form of every comeback story. And I wanna show that to you real quick because it's gonna help you today and throughout the series. And it's gonna help you and I parallel our own stories with it. We can start to go, oh, I know what phase of this that I'm in. I know what God is doing in my life right now. I know how he is speaking to me. I wanna get back to this verse in a second, but first, I wanna show you the anatomy or the matrix of every comeback story. First, there's normal, there's normal. Rudy's working in the factory back in Indiana, right? He's going to work. He has this dream in him. He wants to play football for Notre Dame. What happens? There's a fall. His best friend gets killed in a factory accident. What takes place? He hits rock bottom. He goes and he finds out that not only can he not play Notre Dame at football, he can't even get in the school. And he starts to get inside of his own head and he starts to, start, he starts to say, well, maybe this is just not the dream for me. Okay, if you haven't seen this movie, oh my goodness, what rock have you been under? Okay, all right. Um, but then something begins to happen. A, a, a mentor, a seer enters his life. We, we see this and, and, and he begins uh, to rise. It's, it's the training montage in every Rocky movie. Come on, you guys know what I'm talking about. The music's gonna play and for the next two minutes, we're gonna see Rocky jump roping even at 60, okay? And then what happens in every comeback story, the rising action doesn't go back to normal it goes to a comeback, which means that the person is different. They are transformed. They have gone through a change in their life. They do not go back to normal. They come back to a new and deeper 
person that they were before. And we're going to see this in the life of Jonah. Jonah, in verses 1 and 2 of chapter 1, is in normal. Let's go back to that for a second. What does it say in verse 1? It says, verse 1, let's go back to that first slide. It says that he had a message, okay? The Lord gave a message to him. He's a prophet. That's what prophets do. They get messages from God. He's walking to work one day. God says, hey, get up. And go to the great city of Nineveh. And I want you to announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. He's in status quo. He's in normal. But what happens? What happens? Verse 3. It says, but Jonah got up. So far, so good. He got up and he went the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. How many of us have this in our own story? How many of us can say, we heard from God? Even if you don't believe and follow Jesus, you would say there's a time where you go, uh, that's, that's God. If there is a God, that's God. And he's telling me to go here. He's telling me to do this. But if you believe and follow Jesus, man, you know what it's like to hear from the Lord. And you and I all know what it's like to say, no, thank you. I don't want to do that. I don't want to say that. I don't want to go there. I don't want to open my life to that. I don't want to open my heart to that. I don't want to open my mind to that. I am going the opposite direction. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board hoping... And listen, I've done this. I've done this. Hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. How many of us have really tried to think that we can silence the voice of God in our life? That we can try to change his mind. Hey, thanks for creating me. Thanks for saving me. Thanks for transforming me. But no thank you on that. In fact, I'm going to turn on Netflix and forget we ever had this conversation. I don't know about you, but I have had that happen to me. And this is where we begin to see the falling action of every comeback story. Comebacks start with what? They start with a lost call. A lost call. I'm going to tell you something. This is the character of God. He created you. He saves you. He loves you. And he has given you and me a purpose and a plan for our life. That's who he is. He cannot help it. He doesn't create anybody that he doesn't have a purpose and plan for. None of you, none of of us in this room have been created to be the backdrop for somebody else's story. None of us are extras in the, in the human race. Oh, he's just an extra. She's just going to take up some space in that room when my real hero walks into the Starbucks. No, you have been created. You have been saved by God through Jesus Christ. You've been transformed by his Holy Spirit. And through the gospel, you and I have been given a purpose and a plan. And this is Jonah. This is Jonah. He's saying, no thank you to that. And that is the beginning of every comeback story. It's a lost call. 
call, whether it's circumstances that crowd in around a person and they say, oh, wow, this is tough. Oh, wow, this hurts. Oh, wow, this is a struggle. Or it is and or it is choices that you and I or that person makes to say, I am not going to do that. And that begins the lost call. That begins the runaway story. And that is Jonah. Let's go to the next verse. What does it say? It says, but the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Let me stop right there. God is not trying to kill you. He's not trying to kill Jonah. He's trying to keep Jonah from killing himself. God is not trying to ruin your life by bringing storms. Storms that seem to be breaking everything apart in your life. I'm going to tell you the character of God that we see over and over and over again in the scripture. God is bringing the storm to get your attention. God is allowing the ship to rock, the boat to rock, if you will, because he doesn't want you to lose the calling and he's getting your attention. And sometimes I think, man, I don't know about you, but I get in that place when it's hard and it's a struggle and I don't wanna deal with it anymore that I start to think that God is doing this to me. He is not doing this to me. He is doing this despite me. He is saying, look, you've got to wake up. I love you enough. If you are a parent, you know exactly what I'm talking about because you've allowed your child after the fourth time that they take that fork and they get ready to put it in the outlet. You finally just said, all right, go ahead and do it. (laughs) And that was it. That was it. They never did it again. If they're still doing it at 13, come talk to me. We got some prayer for you. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted for, to their gods for help, help us, and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. What is he doing when everything is falling apart? What is he doing when God is trying to get his attention? He's asleep. I want to come back to that in just a minute. He, he, he keeps going. It says, but the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break up the ship. Okay, I've already read that. Keep going. Okay. Yeah, we've just got to get that again. All right. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this? He shouted. Get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. Here's what we're going to see. Usually the people in your life see what God is doing in your life before you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and I can't hide it like we think we can. We think, oh, nobody knows what's going on in my heart. Nobody knows the bitterness that I'm holding right now. Oh, they do. It's, it's just leaking out all over you. It, it, you. And what you say and your temperament and how, nobody knows the sin that I'm hiding right now. They know, they look into your eyes. They see that you don't look in anybody else's eyes. Listen, they know. P 
People know when you are losing a call. People know when you are running away from what God has for you. But in God's mercy and in his grace, he steps into this situation like he always does because he is the God that turns runaway stories into comeback stories. And it says this, maybe... Maybe he'll pay attention to us and spare our lives. What happens next? It says, it says, then the crew cast lots to see which one of them had offended the gods and caused the terrible storm. When they did this, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. So basically they threw some dice. All right. And, or, or, you know, hey, here you go. Oh, wow, Jonah, what's up with you, man? Like you were down there sleeping and now it looks like you were the culprit. Why has this awful storm come down on us, they demanded. Who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What's your nationality? Like, dude, who are you? What are you doing here? What are you doing to us? They begin to realize what Jonah already knew, and that is he is running from God. And I'm gonna tell you this. There are people sitting beside you right now who know that you're running from God. They do. And, and, and here's the deal. They know that you've tried what they've tried when you're running. And you don't want to just come back. You don't want to face God. You don't want to step back into a call that he's given you. You first go to religion. Religion. Isn't that, isn't that the easy thing around here, especially in this hyper-churched area? You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to go back to church. And maybe, maybe I'll jump through some religious hoops. Maybe I'll get my sermon on. Maybe I'll get my singing on. Maybe, and maybe that'll just sort of quiet the voice of God. I don't know why we think that, but we think that religion is going to appease God. Okay, if you go to church and you sing some songs and you read the Bible and you pray, then we'll forget about this whole purpose and calling thing. That's, uh, that's you know, at the end of the day, that's all I want. I want your cold, dead religious heart that's what I want. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, go to church, go to church and be numb and be critical and be bitter. Man, God cannot resist that, that heart. Okay. That's sarcasm. Next, we try to fix ourselves. We try to fix ourselves. Yeah. You know, we, we read a book. We, 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 we download some podcast. We, we go get a life coach. We, uh, we start working out. We, you know, maybe, maybe I, I can just get some stuff fixed in my life and it'll, I'll forget about what it is that I know I should be doing, what I was called to do, my purpose and my plan, that conversation I'm supposed to have, that sin I'm supposed to confess, that walk I'm supposed to make, that group of people I'm supposed to go to. Maybe if I just fix myself. The other one is we just numb ourselves, don't we? We jump into escapism. You know, maybe if I just entertain myself or amuse myself, I'll forget about it. Maybe if I just grab this addiction or this idol. Maybe, maybe if I just, uh, you know, go to this place and, and, and I can numb myself. I can go into a fantasy world and God won't be able to find me there. I'm going to tell you something. He's not trying to find you to shame you. He's trying to find you so you'll come back because he wants to turn a runaway story 
into a comeback story. He loves you that much. The storm is not in your life right now because he is trying to kill you. He's trying to keep you and me from killing ourselves. He's trying to keep you and me from destroying what precious thing, what amazing thing, what miraculous thing he has put in us. And that is salvation through Jesus Christ and his spirit, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is in you and he wants to transform you and he wants to empower you and he wants to set you afoot to change the world. And he will do whatever he has to to get your attention, to wake you up, to get you repenting, to get you where you need to be so your runaway story becomes a comeback story. Maybe I'm the only one. Who needs to be reminded of this? But I do. I do. I mean, every week I need to be reminded of this because my tendency is to, no, thank you, God. That's too much of a struggle. That's too embarrassing. That's too fill in the blank. And yet, what does he do? He says, I love you enough to not leave you on that couch wasting away. Yeah, even the baby's with me. Mm. It is. It's sad, isn't it? What happens? What happens? Jonah answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. The sailors were terrified when they heard this, for he had already told them he was running away from the Lord. Oh, why did you do it? They groaned. And since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to you to stop this storm? Listen to what Jonah says, throw me into the sea. (laughs) Isn't that funny? Like, you already know. You already know. Everybody else starts to figure it out. And then finally, when somebody loving enough, or maybe not even loving enough, but they just come and just say, look, you're an idiot. You need to stop. And you're like, yeah, you're right. I do. I do. This thing's all over my life. It's got its hooks in me. This, this stronghold, this dysfunction. I remember, I remember the day I st- threw my stick in the fire with Jesus and it was exciting and it was awesome. But man, I've been in this long, dark winter. I've been running away from God. And finally, somebody just says, like, what's the deal? And you're like, here's the deal. What should we do? But why don't you just throw me overboard? And it will become calm again. I know this terrible storm is all my fault. Let me tell you something, guys. Jonah's getting close to something. He's getting close to something. And I think you are too. Because the moment you and I start to own our runaway story, it's the beginning of the comeback story. Listen, your, your marriage is not gonna come back from the brink. It is not gonna come back from the brink just because you go to counseling. It is not gonna come back from the brink just because you go to church. It is not going to come back from the brink just because you want it to. It is going to come back from the brink because you drop to your face and you repent of your sin and your selfishness and your pride and your fear and you let God start restoring you. That is the beginning of a comeback. You try to get around that process. You try to say, you know what, just keep me in the boat right now. I think think it'll all work itself out. Just, just make sure it doesn't tip over until you're willing to say, throw me in the water. This is my 
fault. These are my decisions that have caused this. I don't care what it is. You're not ready for a comeback. You're just not. And, and, and if, if you're here today and you don't believe and follow Jesus, I'm gonna tell you the first step to believing and following Jesus is to, to say to yourself, I am not a good savior. I'm just not. I, I, I am not a good manager of my own salvation. I need God to do this for me. I cannot fix my life. I cannot fix my impulses. I cannot fix my secret sins. I cannot fix that on my willpower. I need someone, something bigger than me. That is the beginning of believing and following Jesus because it's in that moment that God rushes in with his spirit and says, let me clarify this for you. I've already done it for you. I've already done it for you. My one and only son, Jesus Christ. Guys, that's who God is. And let's not miss that God is the main character in the book of Jonah. Now, it's named after Jonah, and he's all up in there. But it is God who is the hero. He is the one that is center stage in all of this. What happens? It says, instead, the sailors rowed even harder to get the ship to land, but the stormy sea was too violent for them, and they couldn't make it. What, what are they doing? What are they doing? Well, maybe, maybe, it's, maybe, maybe you don't need to be thrown overboard, Jonah. Maybe we can figure this out another way. Let's just row harder. Come on, Jonah. Just stay with us. We don't want to see that mess either. And I think this happens sometimes. The people around us know what it's going to take for us to come back. And there are people in our life that just want to enable us and want to say, no, no, it's not that bad. And no, you didn't, you didn't mean to. And no, it, it's... What happens, though? Finally, these guys get to the place where Jonah has to get. It says, then they cried out to the Lord, Jonah's God. Oh, Lord, they pleaded, don't make us die for this man's sin. And don't hold us responsible for his death. Oh, Lord, you have sent this storm upon him for your own good reasons. What kind of reasons? Good reasons. Can you say that with me? Good reasons. One more time. Good reasons. I am not trying to kill you. I'm trying to keep you from killing yourself. And I will do whatever it takes. I will send whatever storm. I will rock whatever boat I need to to get you awake. And on, on that deck and realize I need to get in the water if I'm gonna come back. I need to own this. I have been running from God. I've been going to religion. I've been going to church. I've been serving in church, but I have been denying what's been going on in my heart. And I'm a runaway and I need to come back. So what happens? It says, then the sailors picked Jonah up and they threw him into the raging sea and the storm Storm stopped at once, exclamation point. The sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power 
and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. Did you see that? Don't miss what just happened. When Jonah repents, revival takes place on the boat. Oh, that was, that was sad, guys. That was sad. When Jonah repents, revival breaks out on the boat. That's what happens every week when people respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ at this church. When they come forward and they say, you know what? I have suicidal thoughts right now. I believe and follow Jesus, but I want to kill myself. When that person comes forward, revival starts to break out in their home. Revival starts. When somebody comes forward and says, I am the reason that my marriage is headed towards divorce and I need your help. I am stuck in rock bottom addiction right now. And I've been coming to church and I've been trying to pray and sing the songs, but I am numb right now to the voice of God. That kind of repentance, it is a ripple effect. It is a ripple effect. Every great great awakening in this country started when a group of people got together to pray and to confess their sins. God, here's where we've gone wrong. Not the world, not my neighbor. But me, but me, and, and, and that, that quake begins to spread into Jonah. Jonah jumps off the boat. He's thrown off the boat, and immediately the storm subsides, and the sailors serve the living God. I'm going to tell you what happened in my family just this week, just this week. A few weeks ago, my wife and I got in a conversation. And at the end of this conversation, she got pretty honest with me. And instead of leaning into that and making some changes, in my heart, I chose bitterness. Now, I don't know if I'm the only one who's ever done this, but, but if I am, pray for me. I chose bitterness, but I hid it because I never thought of myself as a bitter person. In fact, I've kind of walked around acting like I'm just above bitterness, like, I just get over things. It's fine. No big deal. This root of bitterness continued to grow until I started to see her a certain way. And I started to treat her a certain way. And I didn't even know it. And what it started to do is it started to sort of like the smoke monster just sort of creep into my house. And God hit me with it this past week. And I went to my wife, I confessed it, I wept in her arms, wept in her arms, and, and she forgave me. And I went to my children and I said, I want to confess to you this sin that I have. And, and you know what, what they started doing? They started confessing their sins. They started talking about the bitterness that, that they had had towards each other. They started talking about the bitterness that they had had towards me. You see how my sin affects a whole family, but you see how my confession begins a confession and a breakthrough in a family? Husbands, fathers, hear me. Hear me right now. Get over your pride. Get over your fear and lead the way in your home. I got one guy. I got one guy. All right, listen, listen, listen. 
I knew, I knew that that sin was holding back me and this home, and I would even say this church. And I think today, some of you know, that there are things in your heart, there are things in your life, and it started with an agreement you made, maybe in a conversation, maybe in a tough circumstance, maybe in a battle that you faced that you didn't wanna face, and you said in that moment, I'm not gonna do it, God. I'm not gonna forgive. I'm not gonna take this. And I'm gonna run. I'm gonna run. And it started to affect you. Not only did it start to affect you, it started affecting the people on the boat with you. And I think today is the day that you need to stop running. You just need to stop running. Just stop. Wake up. Hit the deck, own your stuff, and get in the water. Because God has something for you there. Now, it may not be what you want, we're gonna see that. But it's the beginning of the comeback. It's the beginning of it is God, not you and me, who turns our stories into comeback stories. It is God and not you and me that turns our stories into comeback stories. It is the conviction, it is the press, it is the loving storm of God that says, you are not right with me. You are not right with her. You are not right with them. You are not right. And I love you enough to press you. You don't come back because you will it yourself. You don't come back because you get your stuff together. You come back because God will not let you kill yourself. And so some of you, you need to let God start writing your story again because for the last season, you've been writing it yourself. You've been doing Jonah, right? Hey, I'm just gonna buy a ticket. I'm gonna sail the opposite direction and I'm gonna see how this works out. And you're on marriage number two. You're on marriage number two. You're now at job number five in two years. And you still don't see that it's you. You are now alone because nobody in your life can get close to you because you've pushed everybody out. You are now walking in shame. You don't look people in the eyes anymore. You don't even know what the truth looks like anymore because you are so used to lying. I'm gonna tell you something. God's not trying to destroy you. He's not. He's trying to save you. Save you from what you are doing to run away from it. Every comeback story starts with a lost call. And it ignites with somebody stop running. And I don't care what your story is today. I don't care if you've been in church for 40 years. Maybe you can go back to a moment where you had an agreement to choose bitterness over forgiveness. Maybe you have a moment where you chose hopelessness over inspiration. Maybe there's a moment in your life where you chose fantasy over reality. I could keep going. Today's the day, though, where you stop running and you let God start writing your story again. 
you so much for listening today. We believe that everyone has a next step towards Jesus, and we'd love to help you take yours. Email us at hello at brentwoodchurch.org or visit our website, brentwoodchurch.org slash next steps. Until next time, go change the world.